Well, hello, and welcome to A Photographic Life. Merry Christmas, everybody. If you're listening to this podcast on Christmas Day, then uh, everything, I suppose, is going to feel incredibly festive. If you're listening to it afterwards and you're just on the come down from too much alcohol, chocolate, turkey, or whatever else you choose to overindulge in on Christmas Day, then uh, I hope in some way this is a, a form of a cure. It's been an incredible year here uh, in the shed. We started off in the spring with the idea of creating a photographic podcast, and here we are at Christmas. And we're still doing it. It's still going on. I suppose today is the day that probably more photographs are created than on any other day of the year. Certainly from a personal perspective, for me, looking back at those photographs of Christmases as a child, those memories just come flooding back. And I suppose really that's why we take photographs on Christmas Day, because it is that chance to capture those moments uh, with friends, with family, whatever it may be, whatever those moments may be. But so often I hear people talking uh, in academic language about the meaning of photography and memory and so forth. You know what, really? Today is about memory. Today is about photography and memory. Today is about people who don't take photographs for the rest of the year, taking photographs. It's about putting those photographs in an album, in a frame, about those photographs meaning so very, very much. And, you know, we spend the whole time as professional photographers talking about the photographic life, um, about the medium, about how it affects us. But for, for today, I really believe none of that, none of that matters. Today, what really matters is that we have a good time and we record that good time with our photographs and those become our memories. Um, this is a special Christmas podcast. And as such, I've invited a special Christmas guest to join us. When I was thinking about the idea of having a special Christmas podcast, I kept thinking that actually what we need is a, a version of the photographic Queen's speech. I always remember how Channel 4, back maybe 80s, 90s, I can't really remember, but they used to have an alternative Queen's, Queen's speech and they would introduce somebody to do that. That's kind of what I wanted to do and I wanted to do it from a photographic perspective and I wanted to um, ask somebody who I felt really would capture uh, what today means, maybe what photography means um, in, its, in its truest sense. I looked for somebody who would absolutely be on Santa's good list. And in my mind, there was only one person who fulfilled my criteria. And uh, therefore... Jim Mortram is our guest today, presenting an extra special What Does Photography Mean to You? Uh, twice the normal length. I gave Jim 10 minutes, and boy, 
does he fill those 10 minutes with um, value, with content, with passion, with belief? And as you'll hear him say, uh, very important for a day like today, uh, with love. Um, if you don't know Jim Mortram's work, um, seek him out. Jim Mortram, M-O-R-T-R-A-M. Check out Small Town Inertia. Check out the work that he does. Uh, an exhibition of his work, the first ever exhibition, major exhibition of his work, I should say, will be taking place at the Side Gallery in Newcastle in the beginning of 2019. And I'm sure many people listening to this podcast will join me in um, wishing him great success and hopefully might even meet uh, a lot of you listeners uh, up there. If you're not from the UK and you're listening to this podcast, uh, you would be, I'm sure, more than aware of the um, situation many people find themselves in, in the UK, uh, due to the political situation, the economic situation, and the social situation that many people find themselves in. Uh, Jim speaks up for those people. He documents those people. So today, on Christmas Day, um, gives me huge pleasure to welcome Jim Mortram. I was black when I get old. I was terrible because I was dull, but I was all black. And um, I was just, a, well, I was pitch black for me. And um, I was pretty dreadful because if that one's the fact I wake up and no longer feel sleepy and then can got a talking clock I wouldn't have a clue what the time was you see I wouldn't know whether that was really dawn or anything only just the talking clock tells me watching that and um, the worst part I think of it is just before you sort of got to get out of bed because you've got to face the first thing in the morning because you've got to face a, another day and you can't see a thing and that's pretty frightening really the voice you just heard is that of my friend Davies it was made on the very first time that I visited him at home to interview him um, a few weeks prior he'd just been released from hospital after having a freak accident where he'd fallen off his bicycle and slipped into a coma and when he awoke he had lost his sight. He was forever 100% nil light perception blind. And I had asked him, uh, as I met him in the street, if he would care to share some of his feelings about this new chapter, devastating chapter of his life. And he was really um, passionate about, about doing so which instantly struck me as just being incredibly selfless and incredibly brave because he was still very much in shock from being blinded. It was those first interviews with David's that really helped sculpt and shape and clearly define what photography means to me. And I'd thought uh, prior to making this recording of all of these different things that photography is and can be for there's as many 
as, as there are probably stars in the sky when you look up at night. But I wanted to boil it down to this one thing, this one elemental quality that it has for me. And I think, no, I know more than anything else that for me, photography is an act of love. And it has to be, because I never think about making photographs because I'm a photographer, because I want to make a picture that somebody compliments me on. I wanted to help, and want to help, anyone that has a story, or a feeling, or an emotion, or an observation about their experience of life, and that wants other people to be aware of that feeling. I want to help be the conduit that carries that emotion and truth. And listening to David that day and subsequent days and months and years, that feeling has never wavered within me. It's been a very strange decade. It's been a decade where I feel that people are people have become less communicative with each other, less caring, less able to, to listen. And I've never ever thought that anyone didn't have a story or a voice. We all do. We all have things to say. We all want people to listen and to understand and to give a damn and to have some care and compassion and some empathy for things that we're going through. And every single house and every room and apartment and flat, somewhere in every single one of those places of home, someone's desperate to be heard. And making interviews has always been a really integral part of the photography that I make because I've always felt passionate about supplying context. Sharing a photograph alone, especially within documentary, can only do so much. You leave so much up to the imagination of whoever sees that photograph. And I never wanted this to be a detective game. It's not guesswork. The photograph has a function, and a very real function, to, uh, to carry out. It has to engage someone enough to stop them in an age where pictures are flicked through as though a strobe light. You have to be able to put the brakes on someone's emotion so they stop and feel compelled to listen, to understand, to try to understand, to try and have some connection with, with what they're seeing. And I think that that's always facilitated by the testimony. When I say that photography, for me, is an act of love, I think that that stems from knowing that I'm always a human being first. I don't really care when I go out if I get to make a photograph or an interview. That's always 
the agreement that is decided upon between myself and the person that I'm sharing that moment with is always the question asked, do you want to do this? And the strange thing is there's never been anyone that said no, which only tells me that everybody has a voice and everybody's desperate to be heard because there's so little listening happening in this country, in my town, in your town, in every city, in every room. So many people, all of us, have a voice, but who's listening to us? So at the heart of photographs is love, the love of caring to listen, of caring to carry a story, which often is an impossible burden, almost as impossible as the hopes of the person that's sharing it, because people want to be heard and understood and felt. It helps make us real when somebody else acknowledges us and can listen and can maybe understand something new, a different perspective, another truth. So I've always felt duty bound to, to make these photographs, especially in the last decade, especially in a decade where it seems evident that power has no love. The machine that policy is, that austerity has been, has no love, it has no care. It's a blind, cold, hard, cruel machine. Much like a camera is, until you pick it up. <laughs> because a camera is just a box, it's just a thing, it's an object. It's a paperweight. It is nothing until you pick it up and you decide what it is going to be. And for me, the fuel has been love. And the function is twofold, I guess. One is to preserve testimony, to share and preserve truths, but also to draw a very real line in the sand. Something that counters the narrative that's so often screamed at us in the media that engulfs us the language that's used to punish those around us that need our love and our help and our care and our support is as cruel as the machine that it represents. And it breaks my heart, it does. <laughs> because there's a David in your town, there's a David in your street, there's people all around you that just need someone to be a friend, to listen, to care, to give a damn. And a photograph preserves this. In the now it's really important because we have to start letting each other know what's happening. How people are struggling, how people are surviving and enduring times of the cruelest 
policies that we've witnessed in generations attacking first our most vulnerable and our most unable to defend themselves scapegoating them, stereotyping them damning them, punishing them so I would say this Christmas if you are lucky enough to receive a camera really ask yourself what you want to do with it because you're in control of it without you it is nothing I would say now it's our duty to use our cameras as shields not as swords to be a link in a human chain of information to draw a line in the sand for the now that says this is what's happening and it must stop and as a gift that will sail eternal because the information that photographs contain are the key for our future selves to stop us repeating these mistakes we have to have some solidarity some community some care and make our pictures with love there's no doubt that today has been a day for many of you for friends with friends with family um full of joy laughter overindulgence good presence bad presence it's also true that for a lot of people it's been a day on their own which they've actually just needed to get through um for me hearing jim talk is great because jim's a friend and um it's good to hear from friends it's also good just to reflect i believe on where we are and actually i kind of think that that's what a photographic life is about it's about giving time and space for friends for their opinions and for their reflections and also giving space for them to air those beliefs and those views just leaves me to say thank you very much everybody for listening today i hope you've had a a great christmas and um as always, what's most important is just to take care. <laughs>